Greetings to you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Savior and our Redeemer. From the pulpit of Destiny Ministries International, Thika, Kenya, I bring this word to you this morning and I consider it a great privilege. I shared with you on the topic, Advancing Through Adversity, which I intend to carry through for five or six or so, because this topic is very relevant to the times that we are living in today. And therefore, I want us to begin with a word of prayer. Father, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, I want to commit this message into your able hands. I want to commit those that are listening to me into your able hands. I want to commit those who will hear this message later to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I pray that Jehovah God, the words that I speak today will be life, will minister life, will minister hope, and they will bring, will point out on the path to recovery or of recovery to many of us who are going through, who don't know what to do after what they have been through. And therefore, Jehovah God, use me to your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Advancing through adversity. I took time to explain that to advance is to move forward. I said also that to advance is to make progress. I also said to advance is to succeed. And adversity is going through moments of difficult or stressful times. And I spent time to explain the topic advancing through adversity. Then my question today is, how do I move forward? How do I make progress? How do I succeed after I have gone through what I've gone through? How do I ever, ever pick up my broken pieces? How do I ever put my family together? How do I ever pick up my life? All the dreams of my life, the aspirations of my life, the businesses that I've spent years to build, and the companies that I've spent years to establish, the financial empire that I've spent years to build, ministries that spend millions of dollars and shillings to build ministries to very, very elegant status. It is important for us to ask ourselves, then in this moment of difficult, in this time of adversity, how then can I move forward? How then can I make progress? Is it possible for me to succeed? Is it possible for me to embrace this as a period that I can advance and I can pursue my goals? The answer is yes, you can advance through adversity. I also took time to tell you that God's promises, our times, do not erase God's promise. I repeat, hard times do not negate. They don't disqualify the promises of God, for the promise of God is here and amen. The word of the Lord is forever settled in heaven, and he watches over it to fulfill it. And what he said he would do to you and to me, what the Lord said and committed himself to you to do, I guarantee you now, I guarantee you today, this morning, doesn't have what it takes to reverse that. The word of the Lord stands still. 
Elisha, when the woman, when the widow of one of the sons of the prophets came to him seeking help, seeking direction, and probably seeking for a soft loan to bail out her two sons, she was asked by the prophet what she had in the house that God could use. He has spent a lot of time trying to tell you that, to convince you that the miracle is in the house. What God will use to get you out and what he will use to get me out and to bail you out of this crisis or adversity is available to you. It will not come by her. It will not come by sea. It will not come by rail. It is not going to come from very far. The sacrificial lamb that Abraham needed to offer to God instead of his son, was not brought by a chopper. It was right there, but he needed to come to a certain moment and display a certain degree of obedience for him to access, for his eyes to open to see what was available. There is something that is available to you, but then my interest today is to fulfill a promise that I gave you. In the one of the instructions the woman was given by the prophet of God was after asked, being asked what is available to her in the house and then saying that she has a jar of oil, she was told to go in with her two sons after borrowing empty vessels and shut the door behind her. Shut the door and then start pouring. My question today is why shut the door? Why shut the door? Why couldn't she just go in and start pouring this oil with, with the doors open? After all, it was a provision from above. She was instructed by Prophet Elijah to shut the door behind her. Then it occurred to me that we all have doors that are open, and some of these doors hinder or limit our progress because they remind us of our past. They remind us of the failures that we went through. They remind us of disappointments that we went through. They remind us of painful moments, pain moments of pain, seasons of distress. And for us to make progress in life, those doors must be shut. Was she told to shut the door so that the bags or mosquitoes don't come into the house while she was pouring? No. Was the door shut so that the neighbors don't come in? I don't think so. I want to believe that this woman needed to concentrate in what God was doing than what the enemy did. She needed to limit distractions Things that don't help her to enjoy the miracle of provision that God had sent our way. And the doors needed to be shut. Today as I speak to you, I want you to understand that there are a lot of Christians who don't know how to move from where they are today to where God wants them to be. Or what to, that others don't know how to even pursue the dreams and the projects that they started before. Or even the visions that they had before. Today I am here to take you to Exodus chapter 3 verses 5 to 13. Exodus chapter 3 verses 5 to 13 and show you that you and prove to you that you may have to deal with your past. You may have to show to shut 
completely or permanently the doors to your past, like this woman shut the door to concentrate. And then in that moment when your past is no longer in your present and your past experiences, negative experiences, are no longer part of your today, then you can go to open your eyes to see what you can do. I tell you the truth. It is true that you lost your job. It is true that your business is gone. It is true that your children have questions that you have no answers. It is true that your ministry is actually faced with a lot of uh, probably debts or challenges that you may take years to recover. But the truth is the miracle will come from God. And there's no way you're going to enjoy provision from above when you are busy blaming God for what never worked when you are busy blaming God for losing your job, when you are asking God questions like, why did I lose my job? If you are God, then why did I lose my job? If you are God enough, if you love me, then why did I lose my parent? Or why did I lose my brother? Or why, did I, why am I where I am? Why don't I have food? When such moments when such thoughts are what fills you and it becomes impossible for you to see what God is trying to do to get you out. Because God is working a miracle for you. God is doing something for you and your family and is doing something about your business. He is doing something about your family. He is doing something about your financial situation. He is working out a way, a redemptive way. He is giving you a recovery plan. And therefore, I want us to go and look at a man in the Old Testament. His name is known by everybody. His name is Moses. I want us to look into, I want us to go to the Old Testament and look at Moses. Moses is, if he lived in your country, he would eat what you eat. He would shop where you shop. Moses was not a supernatural man. Moses was not in any way superman. He felt pain like you do. He was confused like you get confused. He was, he was bewildered like you have gone through bewilderments. He had questions that if God sat before him, he would ask him just like you and me, we have questions and answered questions that we need answers. Today I want us to look into this wonderful text of scripture and ask ourselves and realize that if we allow the failures of yesterday or the things that have not worked to remain in our minds, we will never see the new doors that God has opened. They will block the opportunities. They will block our, our, our sight and our hearts will not sense what God is doing now because we will be so much in love with what never worked. The Bible says in, Genesis, in Exodus chapter 3 and verses number 5, then he said, this is God, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off, for the place where you stand is holy ground. This is God undressing Moses after 40 years of obscurity. 40 years of Moses being in the wilderness, the prince of Egypt, the number two to Pharaoh, a man who went to the best schools in Egypt or universities in Egypt, a man who was prepared and prepared and 
skilled to become the next and groomed, groomed to become the next man, the next pharaoh of Egypt, found himself in adversity for 40 days at the back of the desert. He was not a prince in the desert. He was a prince in Egypt. But, uh, but uh, after, after losing his position, just like people have lost their position during this, he found himself taking a lowly uh, uh, job of being a shepherd. Shepherding sheep. During that time, he got married to one of the daughters, Zipporah, or Zipporah, it doesn't matter how you call her, or Zipra, it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. He, he found himself getting a wife from the daughters of Jethro. He became a father of two sons whom he named, he gave prophetic names. But that did not prevent him from wondering why the God he left the palace for to deliver the children of Israel from bondage had allowed him to fall so low in life. He had questions in his mind. He had questions that needed answers like you do and like you and me. And all the things the door from his past was still open. I want to believe that. I want to believe that he occasionally sat down and remembered the years of affluence, the years of plenty. And then he would look at his lowly state where there was no press to cover what was happening to him in the desert, where there were no people that he grew up around. And God sets up a bush on fire. And when Moses turns around to come to see what is this phenomenon in the desert, God begins by telling him, do not draw near this place. There is something you need to take care of. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. I have heard all kinds of preachers describe what sandals were this. <laughs> I've heard even myself try to describe them, and today I'll try to do that too. Why did God tell Moses to take off his shoes? Why did God not allow Moses to come the way he was? Probably with his bitterness. Probably with those unanswered questions. It was a requirement in Old Testament worship in reference to God to do that, to remove your shoes. But look at this. God tells him, Moses, I know you have questions in your mind. I know you are going through things that you don't understand why. I know there are things that have fallen apart during this crisis for 40 days. But I'm bringing a new season to you I'm about to end your misery and your pain, but I cannot do this when you are still the Moses of hold. When you are still ampering the bitterness in your heart towards the God who you think and you have convinced yourself that he has abandoned you, 
because I have not abandoned you. The fact that you have gone through adversity, the fact that you have gone through crisis, the fact that things are the way they are today and they are not working good and they are not looking good doesn't mean that I have forsaken you. I am here to bring the net, to deliver, to bring to you the next phase of your life, to lift you up from where you are to where I want you to be. If it is a job, I have another job for you. If it is, a, if it is a, your business, I give you the power to create wealth through your business, and I can give you the same power, even more, to rebuild your business. I have not abandoned you, Moses, but I want you to remove your sandals and approach me from a different perspective. Look at this differently, and today I want to invite you to do the same. I want you to look at this different. I want you to look at this season of adversity different. He knew every detail about what's going to happen because he is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He is the Omega. He doesn't need a newspaper to know what is going on. He doesn't sit behind a TV screen to watch the news. He is news itself. He is the news. And he has come to Moses to end his adversity. And Moses has issued from his first. Verse 6, the Bible says. I forgot that I'm supposed to read. In verse 6, the Bible says, Moreover, he said, the Lord continues to talk to Moses after he tells him to remove his sandals. He tells him, I am the God of your father. Wow. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Look at the way God starts by introducing himself to Moses. In the middle of his crisis, in the height of his crisis, in the height of his 40-year adversity, he begins by telling Moses, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then when God introduces himself as the same God that Moses was blaming for his failures, he hid himself. The Bible says Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Interestingly, I told you that hard times do not change God's promises. They do not erase God's promises. God begins by telling Moses, I am the same God, the God of your father. If I did not fail Abraham, if I did not fail your father Abraham, if I did not fail your father Isaac, if I did not fail Jacob, Moses, I will not begin by failing you. And I want you to know today, I want you to know God needed to begin there because Moses was done. Moses was, was not very enthusiastic about following this God that cost him his position as the Pharaoh, the next Pharaoh in Egypt, or number two in Egypt. And that made him be rejected by his brethren that he suffered to come and deliver. And they, all they could ask him is, who do you think you are? Or who are you to deliver us? The rejection that he faced, but when God reminds him that I'm the same God 